I want to, before I bring my wife up here, I want to just make a few comments. And I, I don't, I don't uh, throw public comments about my family out there very often because I don't ever want to seem braggadocious. But I am blessed. Uh, I don't believe Mother's Day and anniversaries and birthdays is a day we try to be competitive and say, you know, well, my wife's the best wife or my husband's the best husband or I have the best children. That's great that you feel that way, but those... Those are just emotional statements, but I can give some factual statements about my wife, and uh, I'm, I'm, again, not here to be of a competitive spirit, because I'm not going to say she's the best or anything like that, not because I don't believe it, but because we're not in a competition of who's the best mother in the house, but I do believe my wife does typify and exemplify a Christian woman, and uh, we are blessed in this church. Uh, I know that you all like me, and you pay a lot of uh, comments to me, and compliments about uh, pastoring this church and how you appreciate uh, my spirit and my attitude and leadership. But the truth of the matter is uh, there would not be me here without my wife. And I am thankful for my wife and that she is a great mother. She is a godly mother. She is a Christian mother. And she is an anointed woman of God. And I believe that the Lord has put something on her heart for her to preach to us today. She is not just uh, a, a lady who just sits in the background and does nothing. My wife is very busy at all times, and she is a Proverbs 31 woman. She constantly is in prayer every morning. She wakes up before all of all the rest of the house, and she's praying an hour a day every day, memorizing Scripture. Then she gets the food ready for the children. She teaches our chil- uh, children every day, school and classes. And then she teaches Bible study to a number of the ladies here throughout the week. She does visitations throughout the week. She goes out and does shopping throughout the week. She's here at the church getting her classroom together, getting lessons together. And then when situation has ar- arisen, we've taken in other you know, uh, people into our home. That's, that's the type of wife that this church has as a pastor's wife. And I just give honor to her, and I want her to come up here at this time. And I believe God has anointed her to give a word to this church. And I want us to pray as she makes her way up here. And we're going to begin to say that God would bless her and anoint her to speak to us. Can we do that right now? Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. And I pray, God, that your anointing would be upon my wife, Lord, as she brings the word of the Lord. I pray, God, that you would take scales off of our eyes to see what the Spirit is doing and unplug our ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? He's worthy. Praise the Lord, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. I give honor to all the mothers out there, and um, if you'll see me after church, I do have a small gift for you, so don't, if you're a mother, do not leave before you see me. Um, I am very honored to be a mother. Some days you don't feel like saying that, but most days it's true. I, I'm very honored to be a mother. I'm so thankful for my children, and they are my first and foremost disciples. When I was praying for the service this morning, I saw a picture in my head, and it was of a huge dam, and there was little pieces broken out here and there, and the water was shooting out here and there, and more pieces were coming out, little chunks here and there. And finally, the whole entire thing just collapsed, and the water came crashing through and flooded this valley that was right by the dam. And I know that picture was from the Holy Ghost. I I don't usually pray and close my eyes and see these 
things going in my head. So I know it was from the Holy Ghost. I'm not smart enough to come up with something like that. And I know it's a confirmation of what God wants to do today. Because every service, it's like we've punched a little hole out, a little piece out. Every prayer meeting, it's like another little piece falls out, and God's presence is flowing through. But there's a whole dam that just needs to break. And I believe in the name of Jesus that that can happen today. I want to read from Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. And it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I also want to read from Psalm 37 and 23. And it says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. And um, I really wanted to have some sort of Mother's Day sermon, you know, about some great mother in the Bible and just portray her life a little bit. But I, it just wasn't happening for me. So I don't know, this probably doesn't have anything to do with Mother's Day. Except for I'm a mother and I'm speaking, so there you go. <laughs> but I just really feel to take a little trip down memory lane and talk about how did we get here? How did we get here? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for this time that we have together, God. I thank you for this place we have and these people that are here, Lord. And I pray you would bless this servant, God. I pray it would not just be words spoken, but, Lord, it would fall on the hearts and the minds that have been prepared, and the seed of your word would grow, God, and bring forth much fruit in our lives, and it would be mixed with faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Twelve years ago this month, God heard the prayers of his faithful saint, Doug Fuller, who had been the only person at the United Pentecostal Church of Watertown for five years, besides the pastor and his wife, and did not know what was going to happen to the church since the pastor had decided to move on. God heard his prayers and sent two 22-year-old kids, one who had just prayed through from a backslidden state four years prior, and the other one who finally decided to get serious about God three years prior. They pulled into the weed-infested pea gravel parking lot. Thank you, Jesus, we have been delivered from that parking lot. That It would get my victory sometime. Of 509 11th Street Northwest in May of 2000. Yeah, May of 2006, we unloaded our few meager belongings and didn't even stay for the night. We took off the same day for Jamestown, North Dakota, for the high school graduation of Pastor Jared, who was not even living for God at this point. How did we get here? God placed a burden for South Dakota on a Bible college student's heart who had never even been here. Just as God calls global missionaries, to foreign soil that they have never seen. God called our pastor here to the Dakotas, a land he thought he had rescued his wife from. The first five years were rough, but the first three were dark. Being in the midst of it, I didn't quite realize the spiritual work that was happening, nor how many things were being developed inside of me. I've been reading through my my journals the past few days 
And I found entry after entry after entry of loneliness. And being on the other side of it, I guess I just didn't realize how lonely I really was. And there would be people who would come and visit us for the weekend here and there. And I would journal about it and I'd say how wonderful it was to have fellowship. And then I would cry every time they'd leave for like two or three days. And it was during this time of loneliness that God was developing a resilience inside of me and placing a burden for this land upon me. There was prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting of God. Send laborers. God, the Dakotas, they need people. Send people to South Dakota. And one prayer meeting, I, I recall, I wrote it down in my journal, that God distinctly said to me, I did, I sent you. And that's how it felt for the first few years. It felt like it was just me and my husband, Brother Doug. The funny and the crazy thing is, reading through my journals, that I wrote all this down. I was explaining how I was feeling and what was going on and, and verses and prayers that I had prayed in letters to my brother, Pastor Jared, who was then in basic training, and God was working him over. And I would have never guessed that God would eventually bring him here to labor with us. There are entries in my journal of people in the church, and, and Brother Doug, I don't know if you ever knew, knew this, having us over for dinner, and me being so thankful writing in my journal because we had no food in our house. And if I took time to go over all the miraculous provisions, financial miracles that happened, we could be here all day. God has had his hand on us from the beginning. After we had been here a few months, I had a dream that our marriage was destroyed. And when I shared it with my husband, he said he had the similar, a similar dream a few nights before. And we, we prayed about it a little bit, but then we kind of, pushed it off, and didn't think much of it. However, that is the first area that Satan attacked us. This land was a complete culture shock for my husband. Coming from Chicago, he became engulfed with the spirit of the area, which is hopeless, depressing spirit. And if you don't know what it is, you will think it is you feeling that way. And you'll wonder what's wrong with you. And he became completely hopeless in every area of life, including our marriage. And it got to the point where we had actually resigned the church, but we were still living in the basement of the church because we had nowhere else to go. Kind of an awkward position to be in. We tried for several months to patch things up, but it just wasn't happening. And it was during this time, the only thing I had left in my life was the word of God. There was nights I would wake up when I remember the bedroom of that, that basement. The worst thing about it was it did not have any windows. It was so dark in there that you could sleep until noon and not even realize it. There, w there was nights I would wake up, it would be pitch black, and I could hear the enemy's voice taunting me. You will never come out of this. There will never be a church here. Your husband doesn't love you. Your marriage is over and on and on and on and on. And the only thing that I could do in those moments was lay on the floor, clutching my Bible, and crying out to God to intervene. I would go upstairs in the, the sanctuary of the church, sit at the piano, and play, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, 
And what a friend we have in Jesus. Over and over and over and over until the peace finally came. I would have to go to work and I would sit in my car before work and be unable to go in and pretend like everything was okay until I opened my Bible and read a psalm over and over. And that would give me the strength I needed to get through my work day. Through this painful moment in my life, God was placing a love for his word inside of me. And it finally got to the point where my husband had rented an apartment. I had quit my job. I was ready to move in with my parents until I could figure out what to do next. And this was in, within two days of this happening. At the exact right moment, God sent our friends all the way from Indianapolis. They drove all night to help us. The night they came, our friend Juan Lopez and pastor stayed up all night in the sanctuary. And I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is God's spirit moved, and God gave us a word, and the dark cloud that was over us lifted. We resumed pastoring shortly after, but as you can imagine, there was a lot of healing that was going on inside of us. And we were supposed to be the leaders, but God was literally transforming us into the people he needed us to be to build a church in Watertown. At year five, we had an influx of people. We had 100 first-time visitors within five months. And there were several weekly Bible studies going on. But for some reason, I was not excited about it. And it was at year five that I almost quit. We lived in Clear Lake. We had a baby. I think Noah was about a year old. And my husband was working two jobs. He was teaching multiple Bible studies a week. And I had just had enough. I flew to Wisconsin to be with my family there. And quite honestly, I was not planning to come home. I called my husband. I told him, you know, I'm not leaving you. But I want nothing to do with being a pastor's wife anymore. So if you want things to work, you're going to have to come back here. And I'm not going back to that church. And there's a lot of things that contributed to this, which I don't have time to tell you. Well, I know one of the biggest things was that I was just so weary. And the devil preys on people who are weary. But thanks be to God, he intervened at just the right time in this situation as well. He sent someone that had no idea what was going on to speak into my life, and I still remember the words. The mountain is not too high for you to climb. The valley is not too deep for you to handle. God has put you where he wants you, and he will go before you. And that was all it took was that little word from God, and it gave me the strength and the faith to just keep moving. If you can ever get a word from God, it doesn't matter what your situation is. So shortly after this, we lost an entire congregation of people who did not receive a love for the truth. After pouring so much into them and seeing them walk away, God did yet another work in us that was painful yet precious. I believe if we had not lost those people, there would be parts of our character that would not have been developed. 
And some prayers I had been consistently praying through all these years. God, send laborers. God, send musicians. God, send children in the church for my children to grow up with. Lord, send people who are hungry for you. For seven years, I prayed that prayer. And at year seven, God opened a job at Lake Area and sent Troy Suey to fill it. And I cannot tell you how excited we were. It was like a breath of fresh air. He was consistent, and he loved God. And you can do a lot with that. A few months later, in year seven, God sent Pastor Jared and Stacy through a miracle of jobs and housing situations, through a co-worker at high school, Stacy received a hunger for the truth and a desire to do something for God. And through basic training in the National Guard, God got a hold of a backslidden young man and placed a call upon his life. And he placed the burden for Watertown on them and brought them here to help a tired couple laboring to build a church. God had drawn Alejandra to church several years back when she was in high school, and we've seen her come and go. But it took a genesis in her life for her to take a serious look at God, and she hasn't looked back since. And through Alejandra came Mike, and it was a monumental moment in our ministry when we baptized Mike in Lake Pelican. At the beginning of year nine, God brought Brother Dave Alvadia to the Jesus Church. And through friends and connections, God placed this church on his heart. And he's been blessing us with his faithfulness to the house and people of God. At the middle of year nine, God sent Lindsay to become Troy's wife because Pastor decided to play matchmaker. She was willing to leave her home and family to live in South Dakota and be a part of the Jesus Church. Also at year nine, God brought the Miller family here and a miraculous job opening that only God could have orchestrated. Year nine was a big year because it was also the year that God moved us from the pea gravel parking lot to here. And let me remind you that that whole transition happened in three weeks and we paid for it in cash. Not our money. God paid for it. And not only did he pay for this building, the whole thing is remodeled. And we don't owe a thing. And I could go on and on. I I don't have time to tell all the stories, the miracles, the prayers. I could go into how every single church van has been given to us. Or how the youth night started with a couple kids. Or I could tell of the miraculous provision God has given our family for the years that we have been here. Or the many words of prophecy and confirmation that have been spoken over our lives and over this church. I'm just trying to prove to you that God has been building things here since day one and even before we got here. At year 12, God brought the Gustafson family here for such a time as this. God exposed them to Watertown about four years prior, and it never left their heart. And at the right moment, God placed them here. I hope you are seeing the tapestry God is weaving here. I've just listed the, the leadership team of this church that is involved in every aspect of this church. How did we get here? By the miraculous, powerful hand of God. It is by the hand of God that every single one of you is here. 
every single one of you, even if I didn't call your name, God has drawn you here. It is by his hand that he has put us here. And it's by the hand of God that I can even stand up here and say anything. There's three generations behind me of alcoholism. There's drug addiction in my father's background. There's divorce and abuse in my family history. If God had not intervened and saved my parents just three years before I was born, I would be continuing the cycle of sin, addiction, and dysfunction that my family was in. It's by the hand of God that I am here. It's by the hand of God that I'm able to raise my children in a godly home. It's the hand of God that has brought every one of you here. The stories in this room are incredible. This room is filled with people who have been healed, people who have been delivered, people who have been restored and set free. And I know God has helped you. God has led you. God has given you a word just at the right moment, as he did for me. And here we all are together. Excuse me. We're all together in this city, in this building, from all different backgrounds and walks of life. And this is a team that God has built. This is an army that God has constructed by his own hand. And I just need to encourage myself in the Lord right now. Because putting all of this into perspective, reading through my journals, it really builds my faith. When I look at all of you, I see the power of God at work. And I'm so encouraged that if God cared enough to bring us all here, just what is he going to do through us? We got here by the hand of God, and we will go forward by the hand of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your hand, God. Thank you for your work, God. Thank you for your spirit, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Psalm 105, verse 19, it says, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. This is a verse that God gave me a few years ago when I was having a pity party about things not happening, you know, at the speed and the rate that I wanted them to. And um, this has been going on in my own life personally, and I believe it's been happening in this church too. God wants to fulfill the dreams that he has placed in our hearts. But first he's got to test our character to see if we can handle them. In Psalm 1 and verse 3, it says, And he, speaking of a man who follows after God, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. I think the key words in this verse are in his season. There's a season for bringing forth fruit. And I believe the season that we have been in has been one of strengthening our roots or our character. But the season for fruit is coming. In Philippians chapter 1 and 6, it says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day Christ Jesus returns. So God started this thing, and he's not finished with us. He's going to perform the work that he has begun in this city. One more verse I want to read is um, 
what Pastor preached last week, actually, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 13. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And the word hope means expectation. And I believe our expectation is not to be deferred. We are about to have a dream fulfilled. So we got here by the hand of God, but now I want to talk about where we are going. Where are we going? We are going forward. We are not moving backward, and we are not staying here, but we're moving forward. We have come so far by God's hand, but we are going farther. We are taking territory. We are not in defense mode. We are on the offense. This is God's city. These are God's people. And we can walk in it with authority, anointing, and confidence that he has called us here. We can take dominion over this city in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. We are prophesying to the wind. Come from the north. Come from the south, come from the east and the west. Blow in this land. Breathe in the de- into these dead lives so they may live and become an exceeding great army. Fill people with your spirit. It will be easy for people to feel the power of God. And it will be easy for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost in this city. We are changing a generation and breaking the cycle of dysfunction. We are equipping young people to live holy, healthy, functional lives. We are bringing hope to homes that are broken and don't know what hope looks like. We are sharing the love of God and the power of Jesus' name with the next generation of this city. And that looks like explosive revival to me. That looks like radical family transformations to me. That looks like P7 clubs. That looks like future musicians, future prayer warriors, future pastors, future church planters, right here in this church under our very noses. That is where we are going. We are making disciples. These chairs will be filled with disciples. People that receive the word with all readiness of mind. People who are ready to learn how to pray, how to fast, and how to study God's word. Hungry people in these chairs. And the disciples will continue to make disciples. And the cycle will continue until Jesus returns. We are planting churches. We are sending people out to a land that so desperately needs this message of hope. To a land that has been steeped in tradition for hundreds of years. To cultures that have been bruised and bitter. There is no place and no people that the Spirit of God cannot reach in South Dakota. We are planting churches all over eastern South Dakota in the name of Jesus. We are worshiping no matter what comes our way. We never stop worshiping, not casually, not half-heartedly, but with all of our mind, our heart, our soul, and our strength. We are a worshiping people. And when we worship, things happen. Walls come down, chains break. Hearts become softened in the presence of God. Miracles will occur in this church on a regular basis. People will be healed here. 
People will be delivered from addictions here. Alcoholism will be broken here. Meth will be broken here. Opioid addictions will be broken here. Deliverance from pornography will happen here on a regular basis. And the Lord shall establish his name here and his favor will be upon us. And the most important events of the week in Watertown will be Tuesdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays at the Jesus Church. I'm preaching to myself right now. I refuse to be discouraged. I look how far God has brought us. I don't care what it feels like right now. I don't care if I don't feel anything. I don't care if there's people that should be here that are not here today. It's going to happen. The spirit of the Lord is upon us. Because he has anointed us to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent us to proclaim that the captives will be released. And that the blind will see. And the oppressed will be set free. And the time of the Lord's favor has come. That is where we are going. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And now I must confront some things that are trying to keep us from getting there. To the depression that has tried to sneak its way into my home, to the black hole that hovers over my head and tries to suck me in, to the spirit of hopelessness that looms in this region, to the voice that says it will not happen here, this land is unbreakable and you will always be small, to the voice that says God does it for other people, but other churches, but it's out of your reach, to the voice that says these people have got it all together, they don't need God, and it doesn't work here. You have intimidated me and this church long enough. You have had control here long enough. We know that it's you that's afraid and not us. We know that it's you that's hopeless and not us. You have been exposed and you cannot hide anymore. We are rising with the high praises of God in our mouth and the two-edged sword in our hand. We are binding your kings with chains. We are binding your nobles with fetters of iron. By the power and the authority of the word of God and the name of Jesus, the atmosphere here has been neutralized and the weapons you trust in have been taken and the spoils of your house shall come into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I proclaim it and I speak it right now. In the name of Jesus. It is broken. It is neutralized. In Jesus' name, I come against every spirit of pity and of slothfulness, every spirit of hopelessness that keeps people in a cycle of indecision. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. The true, hungry, consistent disciples are rising and they are hungry for the word of God and for transformation. If you receive this, I want you to raise your hands and shout to Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. 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 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh God. We exalt you right now, God. Higher than anything, God. Higher than anything, we exalt the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are ready to receive this word, I want you to come up here, and I want you not to kneel down and cry. I want you to praise as loud and as powerful and as with much energy as you possibly have. Praise the Lord in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we heard the word of the Lord. Come on, would you receive it right now and begin to lift up your hands, begin to lift up your voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Yes, Come on right now, let's lift up our voice. Let's shout unto God. We love you, Jesus. I receive your word, God. I receive your word, Lord. I believe in victory, God. I believe in transformation right now, God. I believe you're going to set the captive free. Come on, lift up your voice. God's raising up a church. God's raising up a revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. Depression will not prevail. Hopelessness will not prevail. Pity will not prevail. In the name of Jesus, we're coming out of it. In the name of Jesus, we move forward. In the name of Jesus, we have revival. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, lift up your voice, church. Hey, on Baha. Come on, come on, God's setting free right now. Come on, God's releasing us from our shell right now. God's breaking us from our comfort zone right now. God's releasing us from the familiar right now. Come on, go ahead and get a little radical. Get excited about Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Go ahead and break forth. Go ahead and break forth. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. I thank you, Jesus. You set me free, God. You saved my soul, God. You saved my marriage, God. You saved me, Lord. You transformed me, God. You changed me, God. I can't help it anymore, Lord. I can't contain the joy that is in me, Lord. God, you delivered me. God, you set this church up for victory. I love you, Jesus. I can't help but praise you, God. I can't help but praise you, Lord. I can't help but lift my voice. Hallelujah. Come on, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Praise Him by faith right now. Hallelujah. 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 This is what I want us to do. This is what I want us to do. If you want prayer and you want to break out of that funk, you want to break out of that haze, That cloud that you are in, I believe with all my heart that the spirit of the Lord is upon my wife right now to pray for you. And we're going to pray for you in Jesus name. And if you have faith in the power of prayer, in the power of his name, God is going to set some people free right now. 
I've said this before. I'll say again. I preach because she prayed. The Lord spoke to me that my soul would be in hell if it wasn't for my wife's covering. When I was going through the darkest hour in my life, my wife is faithful in prayer, faithful to the Lord. And God is going to honor her prayers right now. If you would like to be prayed for now, if you want to sit back and just kind of speculate and stare, that's fine. And you want to stay where you're at in life. But if you want to move forward. You want to know where you're going. You want to advance and you want to break from this cycle of this haze and doubt that you are in. I want you to stand right up here. I want your toes against the altar. And I want you to stand and we're going to start praying from left to right. And the prayer of faith is going to save the sick. And when you feel my wife and I place our hand on your head and when we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to begin to lift up your voice by faith because God is about to come through. God is about to break forth. Can you believe that? Would you lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus? I pray, God, that you would roll back the roof of this church. I pray you open up the windows of heaven. And I pray you fixate a ladder between heaven and earth, God. And the moment we begin to pray for the saints of the Most High, I pray, God, that you would set them free. And the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on.